belly and the fish. Belly, belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. The Fish. And today we're joined with John Charette, the new father, co-hosting today. Thanks for making the time, John. Yeah, you're welcome. I think my daughter's life started just about as expected with a Lions loss. She knows nothing of Lions winning, and I think that's about right. Great way to start it off. Fun fact, December 12th, 1993, it was a Lions win. I was born on a great day. Hey. But everything going good? First weekend? Yeah, it's going good. Exhausted. Sleeping. I mean, if five hours of sleep is a, is a really, really good night, uh, but... It's going pretty good, and I'm uh, over the moon to have a little baby girl. Yeah. Well, good for you, man. Happy for you. Uh, seriously, it really shows that you respect the grind to come on, take some time out of your day. I know you got your hands full. So Belly yeah. is currently out of office. He will be joining us momentarily, probably in the next 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Sounds like he had a busy holiday weekend himself, so we'll get the inside scoop when he comes on. But before I jump into it, just wanted to mention the segments at the end. Of course, we've got the bowels of the belly and the Corbin, how bad do you want it? And we are also going to bring back mail time. Did you get some good questions this week, John? Yeah, I got an unexpectedly large amount of questions. I was very happy. So thank yeah. you, everyone. Yeah, I blasted off to a couple of friends to send some things out, and some people were just eager to fire off a few, so... I really don't know what's in store. There's one guy that I gave it to, and I don't know what to expect with him. So he's a wild card. Uh, All right. Well, if you, I just want to say, if you did send questions in and they aren't in the segment, we got a lot. So I have them all saved. There's a very good chance they'll come up in the future. Yeah. And I'm not giving any quick answers either. I want a well thought out answer and response. So, yeah, I'm not just going to fire off the cuff. I got to think it through. I'm sure you picked up on that on the Corbin. How bad do you want it <laughs> yes. from the hip? Any details? Yes. Painstakingly, some might say. Yeah. Speaking of pain, how about them lions, man? Oh, my God. That was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Literally from the first play. <laughs> it was bad. I felt like I was just on the moon the past month and it Man, I have just fallen all the way back down to earth. I have crashed back down to reality. <sighs> I know that I was optimistic the last few weeks, but I did say that this wasn't just going to be a gimme. I mean, the Panthers aren't a bad team when it comes down to it, and I knew that. I think that we should have beaten them, but it's just kind of like every given Sunday. I mean, they came ready to play, and they ran it down our throats quite literally. So, yeah, you hate to see it. I mean, we're still alive. The season's not over just yet. We've got playoff hopes, but... Jeez, man, that was not the ideal way to kick off the uh, the holiday season on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's never good when Chuba Hubbard, or as I like to call him, Chuba Hubba, is running all over you. And Deontay Foreman, too, and they had some other guy who got in for a touchdown. I mean, oh, well, no I, he's actually, he's a Ricky Blackshear. He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, you don't. <laughs> I'm sure he's on the bench. <laughs> you don't have a ton of talent. I'm surprised he might be a starter for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's too bad that I'm not going to be able to meet you in the championship. Came up just a couple points short. Austin Eckler, Monday night. He took me down. It's too bad. Yeah, I got to say, to be honest, I'm glad because... Uh, I know you are. <laughs> your team worried me a little bit. So 
we'll see how it goes this week. Stark is, uh, you know, he's been really strong all season. We'll see how he performs. He's got some guys who can put up like huge numbers any given week. So that's always kind of a wild card. So we'll see. I did just have a kid seven days ago. So if he wants to throw it, send that Thowie my way. <laughs> we'll be all good. I think he's got some uh, payments of his own that he needs to. <laughs> there, So I don't know about that. Keep dreaming, but let's hop into it here. Uh, Lions went to Carolina. We opened up as three point favorites and we lost 37 to 23. And I don't even think that score does it justice. I mean, we just got our asses kicked. And Dan Campbell said it to Steve Wilkes post game in the handshake too, that they whooped our asses. And I mean, I think that's, you know, selling it short because the performance that we put forth, I mean, I don't even remember feeling this bad after the Patriots loss. And that was a blowout 29, nothing. I felt worse this game than I did against the Patriots back weeks ago. And maybe it's just recency bias, but I think that it had a lot to do with us actually winning some games and having these playoff hopes and then just fumbling the bag in the way that we did. I mean, it was just salt in the wound, man. Uh, I mean, the Patriots, you can be like, oh, it's Bill Belichick. He's good. But it's Carolina who fired their coach midway through the season. They had five wins. I mean, that should have been a team that we could beat. They had basically as many quarterbacks start this season as they had wins. Yeah. Yeah, you're not far off. We'll jump into these individual breakdowns here just to kind of go over offense and defense. One side of the ball, not so bad. The other side of the ball, I can't even remember a time we were this atrocious. So let's kick it off with the man behind the center. It's Jared Goff. You know what? He's not just a quarterback this week. He was our leading rusher with 15 (laughs) yards. Isn't that crazy? Who said he didn't have wheels? Leading rusher. Well, his wheels were spinning a little bit this week. I was one of the ones who claims that he can't run, but I mean, look at him. He's a leading rusher. I will say that he was one of the positive marks today. I mean, on that one of the final drives, I mean, when he started to take on those uh, roughing the passer penalties, I mean, he was standing strong in the pocket and taking those hits. Like he, like at the beginning of the year, he was throwing those away or making mistakes, but you see him stand in there, step up a little in the pocket, and make the throw. He had a couple of them knocked down here and there. That's ha- been a problem, you know, every few games or so. But overall, I thought that he was one of the most impressive guys on the team. Um, it was the second most passing yards in the season with 355. And granted, a lot of that came in garbage time. And he did have that turnover streak ruined. He was credited with that fumble. But from what I saw, I kept going back and forth. And it looked like Frank Ragnow was kind of expecting him to take that out of shotgun because you see him let go of the ball and not guide it all the way into mm. Goff's hands. So I listened to Goff's uh, post-game interview, and he was just saying that it was a miscommunication. You know, didn't blame Frank, you know, but didn't necessarily put the blame on himself either. So I don't know. I don't know whose fault it was exactly. I mean, he said it's the first time that's happened in, in two years with Frank, and I'd have to go back and check the tape, but I don't remember anything like that happening this year. So it's unfortunate it happened right on the goal line, you know, like five yards out or something like that. So, and that was a pivotal point of the game. I think it was seven to seven at that point. We had a chance to take the lead and we turned the ball over at the goal line and the Panthers drive all the way down on us and, and score again. So. Well, I, I, that's less of a concern to me. It's something that's a one-off mistake than something like when we have the ball on the goal line and we get into what looks to be a QB kneel formation and direct snap it to Justin Jackson for some reason. <laughs> what the hell was that? 
I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, it was not our best performance. I mean, I mean, especially in the run game too, like we're talking running backs here. I mean, that was our single worst performance of the season. I already said Goff was the leading rusher. We had 45 yards as a team and 15 of those were from Goff. That was on 17 carries. It was atrocious. I mean, there's no positive spin on it. And it looks like Jamal has kind of regressed a little bit from the beginning of the season. It almost looks like his legs are wearing down a bit. And you, the one kind of positive spin that you could take out of the RB room was Swift took 56% of the snap. So I guess if you want to make a spin zone and say, like, we're slowly easing him back into the game plan, that's something that you can pull from. But, I mean, statistically and, you know, just it, it, we didn't do it. We had no answer. And it's tough for me to say if it's the running backs. Like, obviously, our, our linemen have been killing it in pass protection, but we haven't been able to run the ball in weeks. You know, we look like a shell of ourselves compared to the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think I, you know, I really liked them all, but I've, as uh, your your team's go-to running back, I never have really believed that he's that guy. Swift should be that guy for us, but you see him bounce the ball outside when he shouldn't. He's missing, like, clear holes, and it just doesn't, he doesn't look like the same running back he did even like at the beginning of the season. Uh, I don't know if he's afraid to take a hit or what's going on. I mean, obviously he's not afraid to take a hit. He's an NFL running back, but yeah, you know, I, he just, he seems to be running differently. It makes me wonder like, what is the problem? Because we know Jamal and Swift are good running backs. We know we have an elite offensive line. I mean, sure. Taylor Decker is more of a pass protector than a run blocker, but Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, and Penny Sewell are maulers. Mm-hmm. And Frank's been dealing with a toe injury all year. So, but <clears throat> it makes you think like maybe these, the scheme that Ben Johnson has isn't that's, really working. It's too complicated. Like we have too many pulls and it, we need to simplify it, you know, because obviously it's not working. It hasn't worked for weeks here. And we're at the beginning of the season and maybe guys are just starting to figure it out. Swift just doesn't have that ability to make the guy miss, you know, that first guy like he did at the beginning of the season. So I don't know what the issue is there. It it seems like the talent is all there, but for whatever reason, we're not getting production out of them. Yeah. Terrible performance from the running backs. We'll talk receivers here. Starting with DJ Chark. He was kind of the, the best of the group Four catches for 108 yards. He had a bounce back game after last week. And, you know, the last four weeks he's been putting it together. I mean, he's not going to be that, you know, eight to 10 catch kind of guy like Amon Ross St. Brown. He's our deep ball threat. And he hauled in some impressive catches. Shout out to DJ Chark. You might be playing yourself into a second contract with the Lions. J-Mo, he might be stepping in to fill that role, but we're really just ramping him up still. So, Yeah, it was uh, another nice long ball run from Chark. A little bit underthrown from Goff, which we've seen over the last few weeks, a couple times to J-Mo. And so that's something to hopefully nail out in the future. But overall, he made the catch, so. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of interference too, but it was a hell of a catch. Shout out to him. Amon Ross St. Brown, the Panthers were clearly keying in on him, trying to take him away from us. He finished with seven catches for 76 yards. For him, that's a below average game, and, you know, that's not bad, all things considered. But I mentioned Goff having a couple of those balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. A few of those were meant for Amon Ross St. Brown, so his numbers could have been up a little bit. But we were pretty much playing catch-up all game, so... Those were the two receivers to highlight. Everybody else had a catch or two. Nothing, you know, that pops out to you. But Shane Zilstra, 
He had the hat trick, though. <laughs> we don't need TJ Hawkinson. He has emerged as an elite tight end. Five catches, 26 yards, and three TDs. Whew. Give me some more of that, Shane. Appreciate it, buddy. He's quickly becoming a red zone threat. Yes. Yeah, he's like Jimmy Graham in 2012 or whatever. Yeah, he's just are. he's going up and grabbing those uncontested balls. Next year, I'll be having 16 touchdown catches. We need that big body <laughs> red zone threat. He might be the guy. We'll see. But yeah, not a whole lot of note when it comes to the offense. You would like to see a little bit more. A lot of it was in garbage time, some of this production. So I can't really say it was positive because the defense really had their way with us. And when you can't get the running game going, I mean, no wonder Goff had 355 yards. That's all we could do. Well, digging deep on this uh, defensive unit, and that's what I really wanted to talk about here because it was absolutely atrocious. It was the most dreadful game that I can remember. I already said it feels worse than that Patriots blowout, and I think it was really that bad because the Patriots beat us through the air and running the ball, but it just seemed like they had 40-yard run after 40-yard run after 40-yard run and missed tackles every single play. I mean... It blows my mind because the last few weeks we played teams like the Giants, the Vikings, the Jets, the Jags, all of those games, they've been under 100 yards as a team. And this week we give up a franchise record for the Panthers, 350 yards, something like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. I thought our defense has made improvements on stopping the run. And we're talking about elite running backs. We've stopped Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, all less than 30 yards. We shut down Zonovan Knight the other week when he was having a good little streak there. <laughs> the I know he, of the NFL. <laughs> but he had been, the Jets have been good running the ball, and Zonovan Knight had been going off, and we stymied him. So it just doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't compute. And that makes me think it's like the every given Sunday thing. You know, I mean, I can't really put my finger on why it was so bad. I mean, Deshaun Elliott was out this game. But it's not like he's just been, and don't get me wrong, he is an absolute threat when it comes to making tackles and stopping the run. But you see our safeties, Kirby Joseph and Afatu Milifanwu filling in for him. They missed a couple tackles. Okuda missed tackles. Anzalone missed tackles. I mean, these running backs were running through holes that were as wide as the Panama Canal. Yeah, I, I don't understand what happened, but it was Even- embarrassing. Even Darnold burned Hutch really bad on that option play. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. He just, it, it, he and I felt like the linebackers and to a certain extent the safeties, they had to play a little cleanup, but they were just overcommitting like crazy, just sprinting by guys. It was bad. It was a bad, yeah. uh, bad performance. Like you're just putting your head down and running like a bull at them. All they have to do is make one cut and you're done. Yeah. And I I knew that this was going to be the way that they beat us was because they're not necessarily bad at running the ball. Like they've had games, you know, not on this level by any ways. It was a franchise record, 320 yards, but they've had games where they've been, you know, close to a hundred yards as a team. And then they've had games where they've been around like 50, 60 yards as a game. So other teams have been able to shut them down. I think that the main thing was we were playing a lot of nickel And these guys didn't want to stick their nose in there. Normally you've got like a Jeff Okuda who's a sure tackler. Like you think back to the Cowboys game when he was made, you know, 10, 12 tackles, you know, running right down the line of scrimmage and getting tackles for losses. But he was just whiffing this time. And yeah, I think the Panthers only passed like three times in the first quarter. They just didn't need to do anything but run the ball. 
and Anzalone and Malcolm Rodriguez got the worst grades on defense in terms of PFF grades. We had no sacks. I mean, that offense pretty much had their way with us and could do whatever they wanted. It was terrible. Our defense could not execute. We couldn't do a damn thing. And, you know, we would score points and we'd be like, oh, there's still a chance. Only a two score game. Nope, actually not, because our defense cannot stop shit. They are going to give up another touchdown. And sure enough, they would. There is nothing we could do about it. I mean, our defense did have a a little good run there for a few games, but in reality, we have been a really bottom tier defense all year. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I'm not denying that. I know we're young, but it just seems like we've taken a big step back from what we've seen the past few weeks. We played much better offenses, and we have done a good job containing them. It's the Carolina Panthers that we can't take care of. Like, look at what the Jags have done lately. I mean, the Giants are winning games. The Vikings, we shut all of them down. And then the Carolina Panthers are damn near dropping 40 on us. I just, it just does not compute in my mind. Yeah. I don't know if we're playing down to the competition or if guys had uh, Christmas on the brain or what was going on. Yeah. It was a letdown game, no doubt. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. I mean, a lot of people are blaming it on Aaron Glenn. I think that it was really our defensive backs that, you know, they they were they didn't show up to play today. That's what it comes down to. I mean, they got to be willing to stick their nose in there and make a tackle. And we were just, you know, the fundamental stuff, wrapping up, making a tackle, tying them up. We weren't able to do that. And they were just running through holes as big as can be and had their way with us. So I don't even want to talk about it, man. It just pisses me off. It depresses me. It really put a damper on my my holiday season to start it off. Took me a couple bourbon and eggnogs to turn that frown upside down. (laughs) Never could get into eggnog personally. Oh man, you got to try a bourbon eggnog. It's so good. I want to move on, talk coaching and just get to the game ball and burning bag so we can close the book on this chapter. I think that the arrows are kind of pointing down on Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. I mean, definitely not their strongest performance, I already talked about how the run game's kind of been struggling and, you know, I'm starting to question kind of the scheme that Johnson has designed for these runs because clearly something's not working and you know that we have the personnel in place. You've seen us be able to run the ball effectively in the past, but pretty consistently over these past few weeks, we haven't been able to get anything going. Sure. Jamal's been getting a bunch of touchdowns, but in terms of yardage, we haven't really been able to do that. So I really don't know what the issue is there, but I think that we've got to start to change something on that end. Definitely. I mean, he's been getting a lot of praise, obviously, and getting a bunch of hype on some head coaching vacancies this off season. But, you know, there's certain things where I think he'll, he'll need to correct and he's got two more games to prove himself. So I think he'll get some interviews, but not his best game by any means. And Aaron Glenn, I already kind of mentioned how he's been going in a lot of nickel and normally we do that. But when we are getting gashed in the run game, we need to put some big boys in there, take out the corner and throw in a linebacker or maybe like some five man fronts because we were just getting moved and our defensive backs showed all game long consistently that they weren't making tackles. So something's got to change. And they did make some moves. I'll talk about it. You know, like Jeff Okuda getting benched. They took him out after he gave up that big play to DJ Moore and he missed a couple of tackles. So the, hopefully that's a wake-up call for him. But it wasn't just on him. I mean, the, the whole defense failed to execute. And we just regressed. I mean, you can't have that. Aaron Glenn's got to have the guys ready to come, and we just fell on our faces this game. It's plain and simple. 
if you are going to run that scheme, you do need your defensive backs to be sure tacklers. And normally they they do step up and make the plays, but like you said, wasn't happening this week. But to put a positive spin on this, it might be a blessing in disguise. We have been the hottest team in the NFL. I mean, look at that streak. Like I said, hopefully this is a wake-up call because we got to be ready to go these last two weeks for our playoff push and a potentially a wild-card game. You know, I, we the worst thing that could happen is we do this in week 18 against the Packers, and then they have the tiebreaker over us. So, I mean, you were hoping that we could run the table realistically. You knew that at some point the shoe was going to fall, and it did. And it's a it's a road game. The Panthers, I mean, they're playing to get on the playoffs as well and win the NFC South. So it's not like they were just going to roll over and give it to us. I think maybe the guys got a little bit too comfortable thinking like, okay, we're actually good now. And they got away from the grittiness that has made this team what it is. So I hope it's a reality check. Shit happens. We can bounce back. We are not out of this yet. We got two games left to play and we control our destiny for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, all we need is, I think, either the Giants or the commies to lose one of their last games. And I think we got to win out. It's not a totally unrealistic scenario. I'd love to see a Lions playoff game. The last one I I remember was marred by uh, a missed pass interference call, if you remember. Oh, I remember. Anthony Hitchens, how could I forget? Oh, belly. Nice of you to join us. I thought I heard a tummy grumbling over the speaker. What's going on, friends? (laughs) <laughs> what's up man how's the christmas oh you know just working my way through it a lot of drinking a lot of seeing people i haven't seen in a while having a good time nursing hangovers it's a good day. it's a good day yeah you look great man just woke up <laughs> great's a relative term eat my ass <laughs> bell i got a confession my mom got a new like digital scale for christmas and we all weighed ourselves. and i'm ashamed to say i'm the heaviest that i've ever been I'm turning into belly. Yeah, you and me both, brother. I'm gonna have to uh I'm gonna have to make some changes here uh January first and just turn into skinny angry Ben again. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah, do it. Keto baby. I I do turn into quite the prick though, so get ready for some angry episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin, what'd you clock in at? Uh, I don't wanna, you know, unit chain or anything. You... But... Unit shame. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's a little personal, don't you think? You you don't ask a girl or wait. (laughs) Well, not me either. Don't worry, I'll get it down. I'll be under two hundred in six months' time. I'll I'll try to lose a little with you. I I think I packed on a little sympathy weight during the pregnancy. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. There's not much else you can do but uh, eat and feed her. So. Yeah, John's tried breastfeeding too, Bell. It doesn't work. We <laughs> started. It, you know, actually though, uh, they do go for like if you're doing skin to skin. If I were to get her close to my nipple, she she'll go for any nipple. So she would try, and it'd be pretty funny. But yeah, she don't discriminate. Just come out with some hairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are a little hairy. Yeah. Oh, it's an easy fix. Trim them up. Well, let's get into it then, Bell. Did you uh you watch the game this time by chance? You're I did not. Michigan. I did not. I was uh I was supposed to fly out on Friday night, and then I tried to 
change my flight to Thursday to beat the storm. And that plane got completely canceled. And then I had to end up flying in, into Michigan on Christmas Eve during the game per usual. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. That's a legit excuse this time. Yeah. Yeah. But this was supposed to be, too. this was supposed to be like the first one I was actually going to be able to watch <laughs> and just the powers that be did not want it. Yeah. I drove in uh Friday afternoon back to my mom's spent the night there um, but bailed on my girlfriend going out to the bar just because the roads were shitty. It was like 11 o'clock at that point. And so anyways, <laughs> I was like, I'll make it up to you. Like, I'll take you out for breakfast tomorrow. So we went out to breakfast. I told her that I had to watch the game at one. We took longer than expected. We had to go and drop her friend off. And by that time, I'm like, I need to go and watch this game. So had to watch it at the tip of few. I was swearing and cussing. The waitress at the tip of you had to tell me to watch my F words. So no way, you know, it was bad at and the tip of you at the tip of you. There was a little kid there, too, and he was a Panthers fan. I wanted to rip his head off, dude. How bad do you there? want it? <laughs> I was ready, man. <laughs> we could have gotten that win. <sighs> you don't want to know what I would do, but let's talk some game balls and burning bags of dog shit. You know what? Belly. You seem like a fitting star. Who's getting your game ball? I heard about I heard about this uh, actually because I didn't witness it. That's for sure. But you got to give it to the efficient tight end Shane Zilstra with three tutties, <laughs> um, five receptions, twenty six yards. Just a hilarious stat line from just a decent tight end. <laughs> oh yeah, we already talked about him. I saved him for you because I figured that's who you were going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, who's getting your game ball? Uh, not a lot great to go around this game. Uh, so I just fa- I kind of fall back to my safety valve like Goff usually does with Amon Ra. Just does his job. Wasn't flashy, like you said. Kind of a down game for him, even though he had seven receptions for 76 yards. Uh, but he's always there for Goff when he needs him. Yeah, and for me, my game ball obviously can't give it to a single soul on defense. It was an absolute pitiful performance. There's no running backs or anybody in the run game for that matter who I could even think about giving it to. So, I mean, I'm between like Jared Goff and Shark. I already talked about it earlier, but Goff looked good in the pocket. A lot of his uh, yardage came in garbage time, but Shark hauled in an impressive catch, you know, had another game over 100 yards. So bounce back from last week. I'll give it to DJ Shark. All right, Belly, have a field day. Who's getting your burning bag of dog shit? I don't even know. The whole squad. (laughs) Um, It's fair. I don't really have anybody in in particular. Just looking at this stat line, uh, yeah, we'll go with the whole team. Just the ending the streak, really making some line hopefuls in these last two games, and they got the pack at the last game of the season. Uh, they needed this win; they really did to ensure a good chance of making the playoffs. And now it's looking a little little murky. Nope, I cannot disagree with you, Bell. I've been demoralized. I came down to earth. It was a crash landing. I'm still lodged in the crater and I need some help getting pride out of there. So you're not off with that. I agree. Terrible all around. What about you, John? Anybody more specific? Uh, Yeah. So I kind of mentioned them earlier uh, linebackers, but really Anzalone and Rodrigo. Uh, just a couple specific plays really, really overcommitted, got burned really bad, left a lot of cleanup for our safeties who didn't do a lot of that cleanup. And they were kind of, <clears throat> I mean, the line's getting pushed around, so they have to be that the second line of defense, fill those gaps. They weren't doing it. It was bad, 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 bad. 
Yeah, and the missed tackles were the biggest thing for me too. I mean, Anzalone had cleaned it up. I just dapped him up last week for, you know, being strong and sure with his tackles. And then he just, you know, regresses back to the norm. So, I mean, you take two steps forward and then you take three steps back. That's what it's been like after this week. So my burning bag of dog shit, if I had to give it to a player, it would be Jeff Okuda who got benched. But the real burning bag of dog shit goes to Chandler Parsons. I don't know if you know Chandler, but I'll tell you the story. So, like I said, I was rushing to get to the tip of you. He's a basketball player. No, well, he right? is, but no, no, this is a friend. He's a listener. He's going to hear this. So, I was rushing to the tip of you. GPS says I'll get there at 12.59 p.m. So, I shaved it off to, like, 12.58, even with, like, the terrible roads. I'm just cruising to get there. Well done. And so, I whip in. My family meets me there at the same time. Like, oh, fuck, the bar is going to be packed. This is fucked. I walk in and I see none other than Chandler with just a big eight top all to himself. He's like, oh, Corb, what's up, man? And I'm like, fuck yeah, thank you, Chandler. You are the man. So we sit there. We're watching the game. Score is seven to seven. I'm feeling nervous. We're driving down. We're in the red zone. And then he says to me, you know what, Corb, are you even like scared about this game? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I absolutely am. Like the Panthers are actually like a decent team. Like they're still in playoff contention. Like it's not like they don't have anything to play for. And he's like, I don't know, man. Like we're just going to whoop this team. I'm not even scared. It's seven to seven right now. They had a couple big runs. Like we're going to be fine. Like I'm not even worried. I'm like Chandler, do not say that. This is Lions 101. You cannot jinx it. And as soon as I say that, fumble the snap at the five-yard line turnover. This loss rests solely on Chandler's shoulders. I'm sorry, Chandler. It was a Fucking hard lesson to asshole learn. Asshole piece of shit. I have learned my lesson. I've jinxed this before, too. It's okay, buddy. We all do it. But now you know next time. You got to be negative. Always be pessimistic. Wait until that clock strikes zero, and then you can celebrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. Isn't Chandler Parsons that U of M suck hard? No, he played for the Rockets for a while. I think he went to like Florida. He was no, like, no, your from, boy. He's from Benton Harbor, Michigan. Isn't he your boy that always posts about U of M? Yes, it is. Definitely blame that. But, kid. but no, that's more of a friendly little jostle rivalry compared to that other guy that I actually sicked your burner account on to. <laughs> yeah, Chandler, lesson learned. It's okay, buddy. It's not entirely on your shoulders, I guess, even though the majority of it is, but. Yeah, I mean, you got to know you got to know better than that. We were at the the Seahawks game. I think we were up like 14 points in the third or fourth quarter. Me, me and my wife were at the game and I turned to her and I say, "We're going to lose this game." <laughs> sure as shit. Yeah, well normally that is that's how I talk too. Like I won't ever say anything positive. I won't ever say, "Yep, we got this." Nope. I'm waiting until the very very end. Because too many times it has bit me in the ass. I know it's not the same old Lions. This is a different team. But, you know, we decided to be the same old Lions last week. So I do think that we will be able to bounce back. And this is a wake-up call. A real reality check for our boys. We got to come strong for these two NFC North matches that stand ahead of us. And we control our destiny. We can still make the playoffs. It's not the end of the world. I got to just breathe. Goose Fraba. It's fine. Fuck. Spilled beer. <laughs> Damn it. Well, that's all right. Clean it up. I'm sure you've been cleaning up a lot with that baby, too. Yeah. Not the worst um, thing that'll be on your lap tonight. That's true. She'll be throwing up into my hand like always. Yeah, you know, I was I was just gonna add that we 
I figured we were going to lose one of these last three games. I really didn't want it to be this one because, like you said, we got two divisional games to end the season, and those are usually a little tougher. But it's do or die. It's, let's see if this team is worthy of going to the playoffs. Let's leave that one in the past. Let's forget about it because we're moving on. We got two games left to play. It's almost January, and we are playing meaningful football. Next week, we are playing the Chicago Bears in Detroit Sunday, January 1st at 1 p.m., ringing in the new year. Bears are sitting at 3-12. and 12. We are currently five-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is set at 51-and-a-half points. Last week, the Bears lost 35-13 to 13 to the Buffalo Bills. And who can forget our Week 10 win, 31-30 against the Bears in Chicago. Not too long ago, that was right at the start of our little win streak that we had going on. So we've had the Bears number so far this year. And Justin Fields has kind of came back down to earth since we last saw him. I mean, he's still been great rushing the ball. You know, he, he hasn't been putting up like historic numbers like how he did the week before and how he did on us. He's tapered off a little bit and he really hasn't shown much improvement throwing the ball. They lost Darnell Mooney. He's on IR season ending. And then Chase Claypool has missed the past few games. He's questionable for this. Uh, he was limited last week. I haven't seen the practice report so far this week, but he might not even play. So he doesn't have any weapons outside of Cole command in the passing game and Khalil Herbert's been out on IR. He came back last week. It's been the David Montgomery show. He's been solid. I mean, he's just an adequate running back. He's had a big game every here and there, but for the most part, he's going to get you like 20 carries for Andre, 100 yards and maybe a touchdown. He's not going to, you know, kill you, but he could absolutely help a team get a win. So I'm not too scared of him, but he's definitely one of their biggest threats. And that's not saying much just because that offense outside of fields has really nothing to offer at all. The Bears haven't won a game since we last met at all. Uh, they were pretty frisky against the Eagles two weeks ago and the Bills this week. I think they were leading the Bills at one point, but ultimately lost 35 to 13. And it really comes down to their defense. I mean, they're just terrible. And I'm just kind of hoping that they're checked out and ready to tank for that second overall pick so we get the easy win because to control our own destiny, we need to get a win this week. It's home. This is absolutely a game that we should win. I'm hoping that we bounce back after that loss. So Corb's keys to victory this week, same as last time. We got to contain Justin Fields. I mean, he is a load to bring down. Last time, he really just had his way with us and did whatever he want. In the end, it wasn't enough to get them a win. But we need to make sure that our defensive ends are staying home and playing contain. Our linebackers, you know, they can't over pursue. They need to wait back and wait for him to make a first move. I don't necessarily agree with spying him, but we got to have an eye on Justin Fields at all time. He is going to make or break that offense. If we can stop him, they can't do anything. Well, I guess they could do something with David Montgomery, but their their run game is really what I'm scared of. Whether that's David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, or Justin Fields, I really don't have any faith in Justin Fields being able to air it out and beat us. I know our offense can put up points on that defense, and our D just needs to stay true and stay disciplined and make some tackles. After last week, I think we're going to focus on some fundamentals and you know stop the run and make sure tackles. I mean, that, that's really the key. So it's going to be a good test for us because everything that we lacked against the Panthers, we need that against the Bears. Or they could want, run away with us. It's a divisional game. We usually split with the Bears. So I am a little bit nervous. I don't think it's a gimme. But at the same time, I think that, you know, we learned our lesson from the Panthers. It's not exactly the best, you know, it's not the best to see us 
perform like how we did last week, but I have a feeling that the boys are going to show up and ready, be ready to play. It's a statement game. We've got a big game coming up against Green Bay in week 18, and we need this to control our own destiny. So hopefully the Lions can show up, give the people what they want, a 2023 win. Let's start the year off right. And with that said, let's move on to our predictions. Ben, what do you think about this score, buddy? You know what? I'm going to get crazy here. I think they're probably going to win this game, and I do think they're probably going to lose to the pack. So we're going to go 27-21 Lions. You have us winning. First time this season. Oh, my God, Ben. Holy shit, buddy. I'm proud of you. You're making progress. (laughs) You might have to watch this one. Yeah. I might. Nah, you won't. (laughs) You might. No. What about you, John? What do you think? I got it as a Lions win. A little more lopsided, the Lions way, 31-21. Not bad. I do think that uh, I agree with you both. I think the Lions are going to win, but I don't know if I like the Lions to cover this week. I mean, it's a, it's a rivalry game. The Bears are going to play tough, and I don't necessarily trust our defense to really, like, you know, stymie them and our offense with our run game the way that it is. It's going to come down to Jared Goff. He can absolutely do that. But I have this as a 27 to 24 victory. I think the Lions are going to be controlled the entire game. Maybe they give up a late touchdown and then we can run it out or, you know, a repeat from week 10 where we let Justin Fields have a shot at taking us down. But ultimately we stand tall and we stop them. So, all right, Bears, we are coming for you. We got your number. Let's take a look at the rest of the NFL and make some bets with betting with the belly. All right, we're going to hop right into it. Last week, wow, Corbin, what an abysmal showing by you, myself, and Joe. Uh, oh, each of us each of us all went one and three. Corbin hit the dog, and Joe and I hit the under, which I thought that was hilarious that the only one I hit was when I took an under 31 and a half. Yeah, just um, to spite me, too. Just to spite you, and that ended up hitting. Um, I was more because it was I was shocked it was so low. But uh, anyway, Saints-Browns ended up hitting under. So if you bet with uh, me on that one, you made some coin. But we're going to move on to this week, um, starting off with the favorites. Corbin, what do you got? My favorite this week is going to be the Chiefs home against the Broncos. The Chiefs? Saw... <laughs> yes, the Chiefs, plural. Last week you saw the Broncos just get – pummeled they got shit pumped by the rams and baker mayfield that defense which has been one of the best in the nfl this year gave up 40 points to the rams i just think that this team has completely given up nathaniel hackett got fired and with two games left i don't see how they have motivation to really put up an effort they don't even have their draft picks this year because of russell wilson so they are just fucked they are in bad shape the chiefs have been rolling 13 and a half point favorites I don't see them giving up uh, uh, an even close game to the Broncos, so I'll take them as my favorite. Yeah, I was watching – I saw something online that the Rams punter, that was his first ever no-punt game, and he did it with Baker Mayfield and not Matthew Stafford. I thought that was hilarious. Um, What? Don't talk shit about Matthew Stafford. That's not talking shit about Stafford. That's saying, like, it's amazing that Mm. it took Baker Mayfield. (laughs) It was was a backhanded insult. I think you're overreading it and you're a little no, sensitive. I don't think so. Um, you don't anyway, even say fucking on. name, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to John's favorite after that childlike outburst. What do you got for us, John? Well, you know, I was looking at the list this week. I, nothing is 
inspiring me too much. Thought about the Eagles minus seven, but I'm not sure if Jalen Hurts is going to be back this week. So I'm going to go Lions favorite over the Bears because, and my guess, I already had them uh, beating the spread. So let's go with that. Very good, John. And uh, for my favorite, I think Tom is just going to try to give it this one last hurrah. And I got the Bucks minus three at home against the Panthers. Um, interdivisional game. Uh, I think TB12 is going to show up. Moving on to the dog. It looks like uh, you're contrarian, Corbin. Talk yep. to me. Fading the fuck out of you. Panthers are a wagon. I said I didn't want to hop off the Lions train until it came to a stop. It stopped. I've gotten onto the Panthers train. They are not bad. And people have been saying TB12 is going to turn it around all year. Guess what, dude? The Buccaneers are fucking terrible. I don't care if they're going on the road to play a divisional rival. The Panthers have all the juice. They've got the grease, and they're going to show us what's up. Panthers, the grease and the juice. Oh, yeah. They got it all. (laughs) Panthers win in Tampa. Yeah, I guess if they do win one game, they're tied with the the Bucs, but it's going to come down to it. Moving on to John. What's your dog, John? Uh, I'm taking the Vikings this week, plus three. Kind of surprised the Packers were giving three points to the Vikings. Uh, I know that they've got it clinched up, but I just don't believe in the Packers. It's still a divisional game, so I think the Vikings are are still going to play up for it. So, Yeah, that'll be an exciting one to watch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play his heart out, though. Um, could be a different result, but – uh, moving on to my dog, man, the abysmal, abysmal Titans. I don't even know why I'm still on this train. Plus 10 and a half at home versus the Cowboys. Um, getting off that plane and seeing that the Titans lost to the Texans was just gut-wrenching. But let's see if they can cover 10 and a half. Uh, moving on to the over, Corbin. My over this week is going to be the Detroit Lions taking on the Chicago Bears Like I said, our defense is terrible. Our offense is good. We can put up points. Chicago's defense is terrible. And Justin Fields can run the ball. And we can't stop the ball. I don't know if we're going to be able to cover. I do think that we're going to be able to score more when it comes down to it. But no matter what happens, I think we're putting up points. So I'll take that 51 and a half over. Are you aware that your score guess was 51 points? (laughs) (laughs) And you're taking the over? What an idiot. <laughs> oh, I must have changed it. I meant 28 to 24. That's over. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, we'll put up points. It'll be yeah. a close one, but I think we'll put up points, both teams. 51's kind That's, of a lot, but. Yeah, that was a heavy line compared to the rest of the lines this week. Yeah. I know, but we've had a lot of heavy lines, and we're both terrible defenses, and our offense is still solid. <laughs> we put up points. Anyway, moving on. John, what do you got for the over? So for my over, I'm taking Titans Cowboys. Both teams have something to play for. Both teams have uh, really strong offensive weapons, especially the Cowboys, but Titans have King Henry who can put up three tutties any given week. So, What's the line? It's 41. Yeah, that's a pretty low over-under. I could see the Cowboys absolutely trouncing the Titans. And, uh, yeah, Derrick Henry's a game-changing player. Not sure what's going to happen there. I asked for myself, I got the Saints-Eagles over 43-and-a-half. I'm not sure if Jalen Hurts is going to be back or not, but – the Eagles put up a crap ton of points with uh, Gardner Minshew at the helm. So I think 43 and a half is a little bit low of a score for uh, one of the best teams in the NFL. So I'm going to go with that for the over. And last but not least, to round it out, we're going to the under. Corby? I am taking the Raiders 49ers under 45 points. 49ers defense, one of the best in the NFL. 
Raiders are coming off a bad game with only 10 points scored up against the the Steelers. I think that Brock Purdy is going to come back down to earth at some point. So I think it'll be a 49ers win, um, but just very low scoring. I could see it being like 20 to 13 along those lines. So I'm pounding that under 45. I don't know, man. Brock Purdy's been playing lights out. Doesn't have to do much with Christian McCaffrey as his running back, but still it's been an interesting to watch uh, Purdy play and fill the roles of Jimmy G. John, under? I am going to take the under on the Falcons Cardinals. Without Kyler back, Cardinals are just look like total shit. Falcons with Ritter, I mean, you know, he's a rookie. He's just barely getting his feet wet. So under 41 points for that game I'm taking. Yeah, that's not a bad call. And I haven't really been paying attention to what Ritter's been doing, but just looking at his stat line, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's been yeah, he's a boring, kind of boring man. <laughs> Yeah, it could be Trace McSorley versus Desmond Ritter. That's just riveting football. Yeah, that's oh, just uh, oof. That gives football fans a boner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't wait for that one. Hey, shout uh, out Trace McSorley, though, because he got DeAndre Hopkins like one fantasy point this week, which cost Corbin the win. <laughs> Volder Corb goes down. One catch on 10 targets. I can. That was, I looked at that. I was like, holy shit. Um, so anyway, last but not least, moving on to my under, I got the Jags Texans under 43 and a half. Uh, Texans didn't put up that much points against the Titans, and I don't know if the Jags can do it either. Just seems like an underwhelming game on paper. I'm gonna go with that for the under at 43 and a half. Not bad, not bad, belly. All right, guys, it's time for some mail time. Mail time, mail time, mail time. Here's the mail, it never fails, it makes me want to wag my tail, when it comes I want to wail, mail! Mail time. So this week we had a lot more audience participation, thank you to everyone who uh, sent in questions, all the random numbers who texted me, thanks Corbin for doxing me and giving my phone number out. Um, (laughs) But yeah, actually though, thanks to everyone for sending in questions, we did have quite a few like I said, so... Uh, we only have time for a few every week. If I didn't get to yours, there's a good chance we will in the future. So first question this week, not football related, but I think you two probably have a pretty good amount of experience in this category. Assuming you're in a magical city with all available options at the tip of your finger, best fast food or just uh, food to get at the end of a drunken night. Wait, um, we're in a we're in a future city. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, assuming you can get whatever you want. So it's like That's a weird. restaurant, and you have a computer, and you can type in anything that you no, want. No, 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 no. I mean, you could pick. Let's say, uh, okay, sure. There's a computer. You select any restaurant or food experience you want. It plops down in front of you. You could do Taco Bell. You could do. Wait, wait, is it is it fast food only? Kind of late night options, you know. Okay, well, to what you would realistically get. Don't go to Ruth's uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> I was going to say, we could go a lot of directions with this. Unless you would am do I, that. Am, then am tell I... me why you do that. If you're going to end up at the back of some Italian restaurant with a bunch of guys named Gino, I want to hear about it. I mean, if it's if it's fine dining, um, there's only one answer when it comes to this guy, and that would be a hibachi. I absolutely love it when they pour the sake down my throat out of the mustard bottle. Um, but if we're going fast food... <laughs> Uh, there's probably there's three that really come to mind. Uh, I love me an In-N-Out burger. I can't I can't get enough of In-N-Out burger. 
two, Corbin turned me on to these people. That would be the Raising Canes Fuck because yeah. their sauce mm. is just out of this world. And then the third one, man, I just can't get enough Chick-fil-A. It's so good. <laughs> You're a chicken guy. Yeah, big uh, chicken guy. I'm pretty much non-discriminatory against all food groups, maybe vegetables. But other than that, <laughs> everything goes in. I've got two. I knew my answer right away as soon as you said any drunk food. And I was like, boom, Conrad's. I knew it was it is the best fucking food ever. I don't need mm. to be drunk to get it. I would get a lunch special, a $5 tater tot special. And it's basically like a big burrito wrap. And they have like tater tots and chicken and ranch and cheese and bacon, a bunch of different kinds of wraps. But they spread out to like Wisconsin and Chicago. There's only one open in East Lansing right now. But I would get that like once a week. Our mm. friend... Tyler, who was on before, he used to be a delivery driver from there. And sometimes he would bring us back some Conrad's. Fun fact, he hit a girl while delivering one time while working for Conrad's with his car. That was real nice. It was an international student who didn't speak English. So he had to call the police on himself and turn himself in. Oh my God. What a Uh, good story. That's neither here nor there. (laughs) I never heard that story. Oh, yeah. You got to talk to him about it. It's hilarious. (laughs) But um, anytime I know of anybody passing through Lansing, I will always ask them to go and stop and get a Conrad's wrap for me, and I will pay them whatever it takes. And it was is it awesome. kind of like uh, is it like Menas? Don't you ever say it's that exa- again? It, it is similar. Menas has like potatoes that they put into it, but uh-huh. these are like tater tots. It's just significantly okay. better than Menas. I the first thing that I tried in East Lansing was Menas, but then when I got turned on to Conrad's, oh my god, the game changed. Nice. It's so good. Conrad's, please sponsor us. I'd do anything just for some free wraps. I'll give you a shout out every single week. Just send me one free wrap. That's basically 10 bucks, and you get to spread it to dozens of listeners. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that marketing. <laughs> um, fun fact. I don't know if you knew this, Corbin, and I'm pretty sure this is true, but um, Joe Conrad was actually a partner or something or another with Menas, and they somehow like cut him out of the deal. And then he sued him and used the money he won in the lawsuit to open up Conrad's. And that's why Conrad's exists today. Fuck yeah, and that's that, why man. it's just like Menas. That's so funny. Well, he was like, a, was he, Joe, was, but... he was a part, uh, he was part, he like started Menas. Yeah. So well, like, I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. He's like, fuck you. I'm going to make it better. Conrad's is way better than Menas. He's a saint. I like love if, him. if Papa John's would open up another restaurant, I'd expect it to be pizza. <laughs> that's fair enough. I had uh, one more, too, and it was this place called Bamboo Garden in Chicago. When I lived Mm. there, I would probably get it once a week. It is the best Chinese food that you've ever had. It's ran by a bunch of Mexicans, and in the restaurant, (laughs) they have, like, a wallpaper, like a thin, like, side wallpaper that wraps around, and it's just kind of like a, like, I guess, like an Asian vibe, like, on a river, like, normally what you would see in a Chinese restaurant, but they just have, like, sombreros like painted over the pandas and stuff like that and it is fucking hilarious but they know how to make chinese food better than any place i've ever found i've never been able to find any location that can make a mongolian beef like they can it is so good and i miss it so much every day i think if there's one restaurant i could go back to corbin it's that one we went to in japan with the uh like the cook your own meat in the center of your table oh yeah hooters I think it's called like Gyukaku or something. They have them in the U.S. I've been to one in Chicago. I mean, I've I've been to like a lot of Korean barbecue places like that, but I haven't been to a Japanese one. Yeah, we went in Japan and it was so good. 
they have like a time limit. Like you can only be there for an hour and a half. So we just kept the meat coming <laughs> and we're just like cooking and like just shoveling and just drinking highballs. It was great. Dude, okay, this is off track, but you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? I oh, have. Dude, that is yeah, the man. best. That's Fogo the fucking best experience. Yeah, I've been to Fogo de Chao where they just give you that little marker. Yeah, I think that's it, the one I've been to green. in Chicago, it's right? Green or yep. red. Yeah. And green means I want more meat and red means I'm, I'm taking a break. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, my brother went to school in Chicago and we went there during restaurant week one year. Nice. Anyways, so when you said Conrad's, it reminded me of a place in Mount Pleasant called Pita Pit. Yeah, um, there was a Pita Pit in Lansing dude, too. That place sucked love as well. Pita Pit. <laughs> Um, Peter Pitt's good, but it doesn't hold a candle to Conrad's. I don't right, mean to uh, distract from your pick, no, John. No, but... no, that's fine. It's it's just personal preference. I'm sure Conrad's is great. I would say, though, this actually is also in Mount Pleasant. There was a walking taco cart that wow. two students ran. This guy like paid for damn near all of his tuition with this walking taco cart. He would be out there Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. It's like four bucks. He put in a Chinese food container load you up it was so good and he was always there when he needed him so shout out the walking taco guy hell yeah no we got some good ones i'm getting hungry i haven't even had dinner yet so let's let's move on to the next one before we gotta get a snack (laughs) all right this one is a little more a little more serious a little more football well completely football focused who this is uh for the lions not the titans ben who do you want to draft or who, who, what kind of player would you like to see based on current draft projections? So our pick for the Rams right from the Rams right now is projected to be uh, number seven. What kind of player would you like to see right now? I know it's a little early to talk draft, but the people want to hear. Ben, how about you start? I'm sure you've dug into the draft and you know all the top prospects. Um, I know all the um, offensive players, but I'm not very defensively focused just because of fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely do think we should burn that first pick on somebody defensive wise and see how the draft shakes out after that pick before like going for like an offensive hitter with the number 18. So um, just looking at this mock, it says um, there's an edge from Clemson, Miles Murphy or an edge Tyree Wilson, Um, basically anything in the line on the defensive end. Or if we can get another offensive line, I don't care. Just as long as you build those trenches up for the years to come, right. that's the best way to use your picks. I think the the draft is one or long on one or lost on the line. I think yeah, that's well, that's pretty good. I've Sorry. got a, a hot one here. Um, have you guys heard of that tight end, Michael Meyer from Notre Dame for the seventh overall? <laughs> I yes. Okay. The, well, we I do not want to pick end. him. I do not want to pick him. The mock I'm looking at right now. <laughs> no, if we were gonna take a tight end, I want the one from Georgia. Brock Bowers. I don't think he's eligible. Is he eligible this year? He's, he's, he's the year after. He's yeah. yeah. But um, it does the mock I'm looking at it does have us taking Michael Mayer from Notre Dame at number eighteen. That's stupid. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Fuck that. We got Shane Zilstra. That's outdated. They didn't see him have that hat <laughs> trick, dude. So. got the Z man. Yeah. Well, obviously, I was hoping for this Ram Rams pick to be top five, but they've been winning games, so it's looking like it's going to be top ten still, but. Probably going to be missing out on Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. We, we we were hoping we'd be in the sweepstakes for them. But if we're picking around like seven, you know, eight, nine, ten, something like that, there's still some good guys there. I think that Miles Murphy is the second best pass rusher off the edge outside of Will Anderson. Um, another guy that I was really high on, another guy from Clemson, Brian Breezy. He's like 6'5", 
310 pounds. He's just kind of a guy that we want in the middle to, you know, play that three tech, something that we've been missing, something that we don't really have on our D line right now. He can bring, you know, he can offer our defense something that we don't currently have on this roster. I mean, he's a good prospect outside of that. I think cornerback has a big need for us. There's a uh, Keely Ringo from Georgia. Um, the guy from Penn state, Joey Porter, Jr. Cam Smith from South Carolina. There's some good prospects. Oh, and there's the, um, the Christian Gonzalez guy from Oregon. I haven't dug into him too much, but I've seen him rise up there as well. At this point, I don't like the idea of going QB with that top pick when you could maybe get like an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis with the Lions actual pick, you know, like at 18 or whatever that might fall at. Another um, guy that I've heard kind of his name going around is Bijan Robinson. Running back from Texas. Oh my God, that would be juicy. No, I I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Obviously, we have so many needs on defense that I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. seeing, you know, those first two picks in the first round just being committed to defense. But Bijan Robinson is one of the best prospects to come out in years. I mean, it hasn't been since, you know, Saquon, Zeke, those guys that we've seen a guy who he really deserves. Me. He reminds me of Saquon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all he the, can do uh, it all. He's a three-down running back. All the analysts are comparing Bijan to Saquon. I mean, he's good in the run game and pass game. He's a true three-down back. And if we've got concerns about Swift's health and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Jamal in free agency, we have time to figure that out. But we could use a guy like Bijan, and he's probably not going to be there for us in the second round. Like, definitely not. There's some other good guys, too, at running back. I do think that we should be considering taking a guy day two in the second or third, maybe fourth round at the latest, but we need some reinforcements because like I said, the, the end of the year, we just haven't been in getting it done. So I think we could do worse than Bijan um, much worse. He could be a real game changer for us and give us a, that extra piece of the offense. Imagine Jamison Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Bijan Robinson, and Shane Zilstra that foursome. Who's going to fuck with that? <laughs> Shane Zilstra sneaking in. Yeah, I I tend to actually kind of agree with both of you because, Belly, you're you're talking about building that trench up uh, up in the you know let's say top ten pick. I'm hoping the Rams lose their last two games and we hop into the top five if we're lucky. Um, but then I don't hate if we're you know around eighteen twenty something like that, going with an offensive player if Bijan is there. Uh. We don't necessarily need him, but Jackson Smith out of Ohio State is just – I really, really like him. But if both of those guys are gone, I think just nab another startable defensive edge player or something like that. Yeah, I think defense is – just to sum it up, I mean, I would like to see two defensive pay, players, either if it's edge or D-tackle and then a cornerback, I think that should be the direction we go. All right, well, the next question is actually specifically for you, Corbin. Uh, you had a birthday recently, a couple weeks ago, 15 days ago now. I didn't. And so uh, when you were born, there was another person born on the same day. Mm-hmm. She's your twin. Yes. And so we just have want to know if you have any crazy twin stories. Can you guys read each other's minds? You know, anything freaky deaky that ever happened? I mean, not I mean, really like anything crazy. If no, you don't, If you don't have anything particularly good for this question, we can do a different one from him. I'll talk about it. I mean, there's nothing that really comes to mind. I mean, when uh, 
we were probably up until like, I think it was second grade. Yeah. Up until second grade, we were in the same classes and everything like that. And she was always a teacher's pet and I was more the bad boy. And I remember one time <laughs> when we were in kindergarten, uh, she was in line and I went and cut her and she like pushed me to, so I couldn't cut her. And I got us both yellow cards. And that was the first yellow card that she had gotten all year long. And I had just stacked up red cards all the way throughout the year. But she was so pissed that she got her yellow card because of me. Yeah, probably a good idea for my mom to separate us after that. I think that was kind of the final straw. And I'm, some people will say that I'm an inferior twin. Emma always makes a point on doing that and forgetting that I'm a twin because we're fraternal. We're not real twins. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Fun fact, she almost uh, killed me in the womb, actually. She, like, wrapped the umbilical cord around me. I was supposed to be baby I'm A not born first. By and last minute, she did the old switcheroo, and we had to have a C-section to get me pulled out because I was not doing so well. Did she we, RKO you in the womb? Basically, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, like, sapped my nutrients. You could see that she was definitely the tubbier baby Damn. when we were kids. I was the nice, skinny, plump, beautiful Corb, and then she was just a big <laughs> beast. <laughs> love you sis <laughs> yeah obviously she turned out nice but <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so nothing nothing too, too crazy get that out there she argues it but i've got you are nice... taller than her she's yeah. pretty tall yeah she's like five eleven and a half i'm six foot you know uh, we cool. we might have to test that theory when we get video capabilities in the future yeah, we've gone back to back, and people just say, oh, she's taller, but they're just trolling just to try and make me feel emasculated. It's okay. I don't take it to heart or anything. Right, because yeah. you're not talking about it right now. Exactly. No, I don't <laughs> care about it. It doesn't bother me. I move on. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, nothing too nothing too crazy. No ESPN. You know, you're not feeling each other's thoughts. But ESPN? <laughs> that's from uh, Legally Blonde. Oh. <laughs> I think I have like ESPN or something. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to our last question. Uh, this one is a little more timely. We're coming to the end of the year. This is our last episode of the year. So I want to know, Corbin, you talked about, uh, you know, the scale yelling at you earlier. You guys got any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, to not be such a fat piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Yep. I definitely want to uh, slim down a bit. I'm going to get back into the gym. I was going hard at the beginning of the year through like April, but then schedule just got crazy and just, you know, made excuses. But I've gone like a couple of times here and there, but I want to get on an actual schedule. And I mean, I got a lot of stuff that I want to change, actually. Um, but I mean, I would say probably just, you know, working out like two or three times a week. Um, drinking more water. That's the easiest one. <laughs> Got to stay hydrated. It's so get hard though. <laughs> I know. I've also been eating way too many fucking crunch wraps from Taco Bell in the morning. <laughs> so I want to get back on intermittent fasting, skip breakfast. Cause there was a while when I was really on like the workout grind where I would just have like a low carb Turkey wrap with no cheese, just spinach and mustard and Turkey in a low carb wrap. And then I would have like a protein bar right before a workout, come home and I would just have like a giant fucking smoothie and like a huge stein filled all the way to the top, a whole avocado, a banana, scoop of peanut butter, protein, almond milk, oh, kale. And that was my dinner five days a week. And then on the weekends I would just splurge and get whatever I wanted. 
Yeah, uh, I, I definitely need to lose weight, but I think we've talked about this before, but I'm undefeated in weight loss challenges because I turn into an absolute maniac and I just eat meat. Like <laughs> I would like if you I, do like the carnivore diet thing. I don't even know. It's it's the belly diet. Just uh, it, it was <laughs> bad. It was I was working out like two and a half hours a day and just eating like a thousand to twelve hundred calories, but literally just oh all God. meat. Oh, I, that's why I said I turned into a huge prick. I don't know if I can do that again. You were like killing yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I lost. Uh, what is it? I think I lost like sixty pounds in three months or something. I was like Mac from Always Sunny. <laughs> just did gained you, all like, back. Did you gain muscle doing that though? Like, because you were eating so few calories. I well, it was all protein, but I mean, like my dinners would just be like, uh, what a, like a pound of shrimp with butter, and that Damn. would be it. And then like, or just like <laughs> a couple and butter. A couple, uh, like just hamburger patties, but just ketchup, maybe. Um, wow, you're hardcore. Well, yeah, it, it wasn't even that I wanted to get healthy, it's just that I wanted to win, and everybody bet on Cam Fowler. I kicked his ass. <laughs> yeah, don't bet on Cam. I lost a good chunk of change betting on him, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, you know, I, I think just in any most any competition, knowing how competitive Ben is, I I would put my money on him in most instances. Well, yeah, but I was the book on the uh, on the odds, and I made myself a massive <laughs> favorite, so nobody would bet on me. <laughs> <sighs> um, oh, those are some good ones. You got any resolutions, John? So, I don't know. Mine's kind of similar with like the gym thing because I was going like four days a week consistently for like a couple of years, and then. I slipped and fell on some ice last winter. I've had a bad back basically since then, done physical therapy. I have a steroid shot on January 6th. It's going to help me do an insurrection. Um, were you Were you drunk? No, I was taking my dog out uh, just like on the back and the deck was icy and I slipped and fell real hard on my did you right fall on side. like a corner or did you just fall on like the flat deck? No, I fell on the flat deck, but I like slammed my hip in. And so my, oh. I have a, a L3, L4. I have some stenosis and a little bit of bulging going on. So, but anyways, I think my resolution for 2023, honestly, would be to watch way less TV and to read way more. And I, <laughs> Nerd. I've been oh, doing a this call. a little bit. Um, you know, I've read, I've read like six novels this year. The last one I read was like 650 pages and I read it in like a week because I'm trying to get into it. But I just grew up watching so much TV all the time that it's kind of hard for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do that. Also, you know, I got a kid, so I don't want to just have my kid growing up being obsessed with TV. Yeah, I agree. And um, like, that's with me. I'll either like get on a movie kick I'll get into a show, mm-hmm. I'll play video games, or I'll read. And normally, yeah. like, reading just is going at to the kick. bottom. Yeah, yeah. And I can't mm-hmm. do more than one at a time. And I don't really play video games anymore, so I've been reading a fuck ton. Like, I read three books last month. Nice. And I'm getting through another one this month, but I want to try and read, like, a book every single month, at least. And, yeah, that's I mean, kind of what I'd like to do. Yeah, I miss when schools used to award me with Pizza Hut when I read books, but now there's really no incentive for me. We could create an incentive for you, Ben. (laughs) We'll send you Pizza Hut. Yeah, getting our book club. Belly and the Fish book club. 
Ooh. <laughs> Listeners, if you're interested, reach out. We ship from Lions football to book club. <laughs> in the off season, we're a book club podcast. <laughs> yep. I, and and in a stunning turn of events, I still don't read the books, but do the reviews with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh didn't read it. <laughs> well, I didn't read the cliff example. notes though. It says here that uh his name's Huckleberry Finn. Okay. <laughs> his mom probably hated him. <laughs> that stupid name. And he had a buddy. No, we're not going there. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right, that's some, uh, that was a good mail time. Yeah, that's Heck. that's the mail time for this week. Thank you, everyone. And remember to keep sending in questions. If Corbin has sent you my number and you think of anything, send it on over. I'll put it in the file. Yeah, I'll give you a heads up when we're uh, rolling this one out again. But, yeah, in the meantime, continue to just spam John. He's bored at home with the baby. He needs some uh, some laughs, so give him some good ones. Uh, with that said, let's move it on. Getting down in the guts, bowels of the belly. Let's hear it, Ben. What do you got? Okay, so um, I got two. One's really quick. It's just uh, I thought you guys should hear this. Uh, my buddy was in – you remember that Raiders-Patriots game that ended with the crazy lateral? Yeah. So I was talking to my buddy yesterday, and he had a four-point lead going into that play, and Jacoby Myers lost 20 yards and got a fumble, and so he got minus four on the final play to lose to <laughs> moving on oh in the God. playoffs. Talk about a bad beat. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's fucking awful. Yeah, um, my little brother, he had one where it's like his first or second year doing fantasy and always like text me for tips, but he lost on that Aaron Jones, like when he reached out for the touchdown – and then the the Packers just took a knee to finish it out. If he would have scored that touchdown, he, lost by like two oh, he was right there. Those are bad beats. But anyway, in a more me centric focused uh, bowels of the belly. So uh, despite my figure, you'll be surprised to find out that I'm on a rec basketball team with some of my boys down in Nashville, but I am easily just the most cardio deprived guy on the team. So I'm very much like the, the seventh man and we only have six players. So yeah, I'll just face picks. I said, no, no, I don't even do that. Um, so <laughs> I just, uh, so we don't have a lot of height on our team either. So I have to play center at a ripe 245 10. And basically, all I do is just, I use my gut to like just keep people out of the paint. Um, I normally get quite a few fouls playing so little minutes. And I do take charges. Like if people are coming down, like on a fast break, I just stand still and try, try to get the charge. So <laughs> most of the time, people just chuck the ball out of bounds. But anyway, get to the story. So normally I, I don't play many minutes, but because this game was uh, the Tuesday before Christmas, everybody had already headed home for the holidays. So I've, I've been informed that I have to play the full game with no subs. And then on cherry on top, my buddy goes, it's a double header. So <laughs> I had to go from eight minutes in a 40 minute game to 80 minutes. But in a stunning turn of events, I actually played lights out because I only played half court basketball. And by that, I mean the defensive half. My stat line to end the games, like both games combined, was like 40 rebounds, five steals, and three points. <laughs> mm, you did the Shaquille O'Neal late in his career game. Oh, so, but I drew a heat map of like where my body was traveling <laughs> and it's literally red hot underneath our basket, yellow like beyond our three point, and just ice mm. cold blue on the other end. <laughs> Call him Sherwin Williams because he is in the paint. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, my roommate took my shoes home, so that was a whole debacle too. And then I went to get some new shoes, and I was like, I'm just going to buy the cheapest ones that Dix has to offer. And, of course, they were the Kyries. <laughs> Thanks for being a piece <laughs> of Kyrie. 
I got some cheaper shoes. <laughs> yeah, some pay less discount shoes for you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kyrie. Nobody wants those anti-Semitic sneakers. They were actually pretty. Uh, they were pretty cozy, actually. Yeah, I did feel a little, a little rude in them, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're making a statement. Yeah, you really put your political foot forward there. Because I think Nike, Nike dropped him. I think it was Adidas, but yeah, they dropped his ass. He has. There's a hilarious video of him saying, "I can say anti-Semitic shit, and Adidas can't drop me." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, those are some good ones there, Bell. I like them. But uh, you know, let's let's talk about me a little bit. I mean, I feel a little left out here. I wanna I wanna know what do you got for me this week? Well, Corbin, I'm actually gonna kick the can to my good friend John on this one. So John's gonna ask you how bad you really want it. Yeah, Corbin, I had one, but something you said earlier kind of piqued my interest. You said you're at your highest weight ever. Yes. So I want to know, would you never get below your current weight for the rest of your life and gain one pound per year and accept (laughs) all health implications? (laughs) So that means... You're shortening your lifespan by probably like 10 plus years. (laughs) So I would just go up like 60 to 70 pounds basically. Right, but you're never going down. You're going to die like a almost 300-pound man. <laughs> but I could turn the fat into muscle, though. Uh, Well, you might have got a loophole there, I suppose. I've got a good frame to put on muscle. Like, I'm not just, like, a naturally skinny guy, as is. So, like, I had, like, two years ago, we were on a bachelor party, and I wasn't working out in, in like, a year and a half. Like, I hadn't been working out. And I had a friend, Mart, who was... And he's just like, hey, guys, like, whose gut's bigger? Is mine or is Corbin's? And, like, people just look and they're like, well, Eric, your your gut's bigger. And I was just like, ha, like, you work out every fucking day. I don't. And here I am. It's just because I'm thick-boned. So I do think that I have the body to support a 250-pound muscular frame. Because when I do work out. How much do you weigh right now? 220. Okay. I'd say... See, now you're making, because it's going to be too easy. If you're going to be like, oh, would I be 250 pounds fucking jacked for a Lions win? Obviously, you would do that. No, we can't say this is not, this is not a healthy progression. All right. It's not a healthy progression. You're never going to be healthier than you are right now, and you're going to gain more weight over time. That's not very healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't live the best lifestyle. I'll tell you that right now. Did you hear what I said about those crunch wraps? (laughs) <laughs> you're adding up, man. Right. So, I mean, let's say right now, uh, your current health habits, you're probably dying at, I don't know, 76. Jesus. With this, yeah. I'd put you down to like 64. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm bound to die at 76 right now. Hey, I think that American I average. My health is not that bad. Like, All I, right, still, I, won't, like... I won't say what you're at right now, you know. You might live to be a hundred right now, but let's say this is this is shaving off years. You know, it's gonna be a thing. You know, Emma is gonna miss you. She's gonna be crying over your grave. <laughs> Would you rather die first or watch them die first? I mean, selfishly, <laughs> I'm just saying. Selfishly, yeah. I'm like, I, I want to be the last man standing. You know, 
Are you kidding me? Once that freedom opens up where you can do whatever you want again. <laughs> I'm 86. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Let's slay. <laughs> me and John are going hunting at the bingo hall. <laughs> We're still doing the same dynasty leagues. I, I think that for a Lions Super Bowl, I could take that one on. 280 you know like 300 pounds like yeah that's a lot but Mm -hmm. i do think that i could supplement it by working out and not just be like a total piece of shit like belly you know like he lives his (laughs) life and he's doing just fine fuck you (laughs) (laughs) i mean he seems content with his life you're you're going to take the probable 10 to 20 reduction uh year reduction in lifespan i don't think it's 10 to 20 year reduction if you are Corbin, if you are two hundred eighty pounds at uh seventy years old, you ain't got much time. At sixty, you ain't got much time. <laughs> but the other thing is too, when you're older, I feel like you just lose weight because you become so frail. Well, not in this case, you're defying the odds, and you're, you're still Brendan Fraser and the whale. <laughs> Nah, I mean, I'm still doing it with the advances in modern medicine. I mean, there's no reason I can't live to be 120, 130. Okay. So with the caveat of today's current medicine, we're taking a a yes. What do you want me to say? No, like you just keep adding No, I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is, no, I'm, I'm giving you it. I'm saying, you're saying yes, but you think probably... Medicine's gonna advance, and I'll give you that. I'll let I'll I will allow medicine to advance. Yeah, I will allow medicine. <laughs> There's also liposuction. I won't even get into that, but yeah, I, I think I would do it. I mean, 280 okay. pounds. I feel like I could live my life like that. I definitely wouldn't be the healthiest, but for a lion, a lion Super Bowl. I mean, All dude, right. there's I see people at 300 pounds just going about eating their Big Macs every day, and they seem to enjoy life. Eating their Big Macs? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm 240 right now, and I'm pretty – it's getting hard to tie my shoes. You're not even <laughs> that big. I've seen way bigger than you. Oh, yeah. You just I got just, a yeah. bulbous gut. For an That's American? <laughs> yeah, I'd see you're like average American, Bell. Oh, no, I'm getting down to 200 by July. You can guarantee that. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll take that bet. We might have to do like a off. You kidding me? Forty uh, pounds yeah. in six months. Off season weight I've loss done, challenge. I've done fifty and three. Oh, you this is gonna be it. this is gonna be a breeze. All right, put some money up, and I would lose it in half the time. All right, All right let's get a stay weight loss tuned. Challenge. Stay tuned for the off season uh, workout challenge. Yep, the belly we'll in the fish workout challenge. Yep. Yep. We'll get her together, Bell. I ain't scared of you. I'll, I'll take I'll you down. Him, I got I'll drive. Bigger, I'll get a bigger so that I win more money. Book club slash workout podcast in the off season. We're just yeah. reading books and ripping treadmills. <laughs> yeah, there's only so much content we can come up with books and uh, yeah, and working out. That's Getting what we're sport. pivoting to. Getting fucking jacked. It's a defining moment in the history of this podcast. We got to make that shift. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Again, thanks so much for listening. If you're a new listener, please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform that you listen to us on. Don't forget to leave us a review. Give us five stars and give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at LightCorbyashi. We've also got the Belly and the Fish Instagram and Twitter accounts going. Feel free to DM me any ideas or text me if you have anything 
uh, for a segment that you'd like to hear or anything you want us to talk about. And please continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone that you can think about. We really appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, thanks you for listening. And that was a good episode. I want to thank John for coming. Had some good insight, and as he always does. And congrats on being a new daddy there, guy. And, um, yeah, can't wait to have you on. And hope you guys listen and leave a good review for us. Thanks, guys. I got to go feed my kid now. Yep. All <laughs> right. Sounds good. Thanks again, John. And with that said. Oh, wow.